0: To build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey, hey, it's Megan. Welcome back to the Built to Last show. I am thrilled to dive into a topic that I think you're gonna find really, really fascinating. So take out your notepad, take out a pen, and get ready to take some notes. I have some actionable items that I wanna share with you today. And in fact, In about 45 minutes, actually more like 39 minutes to be exact, I am going to be joining a group of VIP business owners who are the clients of one of my consulting clients, where I'm going to get to talk to them about elevating their client experience, increasing client results, and extending client retention. And I thought, you know what? What better topic than to share some of that with you today? So I can also get in some practice before I am live speaking in front of a group. So, you know, I'm really thrilled to bring this to you also because, you know, one side of my business is a consulting business where I get to see, have my hands digging into people's businesses. I primarily work with, in my consulting business, I'm primarily working with business owners who, Are generating high six into the seven figures annually. And all that income is coming from leveraged programs, group programs, transformational programs, mastermind certifications, where they're serving a lot of people at one time. And, you know, if you are in the coaching, mentorship, expert, providing information space, most of us start out working with people one on one, then, you know, right around six figures, your first 100k, people start transitioning into offering groups. Those groups are smaller in size. You figure out how you're going to fill those groups, and then all of a sudden you're working with 50, 100, multiple hundreds of clients, maybe you have multiple group programs. And obviously, we know going from working with clients one on one to a group, there's a really big learning curve there because they are not they're not similar at all. Well, it happens again when you go from serving a smaller group, like 10, 15, 20 people in your group program, to serving 50, 75, 150, 300. I have experience serving groups as small as three, all the way up to over 300, and then serving multiple programs at one time for a total of about 500 clients at a time and doing that with with a really, really small team as well. I was the coordinator, um, the client success and client experience coordinator for four years for a really large-scale coaching company, not to mention I have a background in public education. I used to be a high school teacher. So a lot of my experiences over the last 17 years and then collecting data, working with my own clients allows me to share this information with you. So I'm thrilled because I'm getting to see so much of the behind the scenes of extremely financially successful businesses and programs. And one of my favorite aspects of working with my clients is I get to talk to their clients. So I have an interview process that I use with my clients' clients who are still currently in the program and are excited about renewing Plus, I talk to people who are in the program and they're on the fence about whether or not they're going to renew in the program because those two people are going to share with me different things. And then I also talk to clients that have already decided not to renew and they're no longer even in the program anymore. And so I collect so much data. I hear insanely valuable information that I then get to bring back to my clients, so, you know, a lot of what I'm going to be sharing today comes from that and some other resources and obviously my 17 years of experience. So, you know, I we're, I really want to start here. You know, we're talking about client experience. So, this is really great if you have a way that you're generating leads, whether it's paid or organic, you know how to make sales, you know how to make money, and you're really in this phase of your business where you're starting to realize that if you're bringing on new people all the time but you don't have something in place that's keeping those people, you're on a you're on the same hamster wheel. Whether you're making $500,000 a year, $150,000 a year or 2 million a year or more, if your clients are coming in and then they're just exiting when the program is over, it's really hard to beat that. You know, you've pretty much maxed yourself out with how much money you're going to be able to make and how many people you're going to be able to impact if that's what's happening, you know, behind the scenes. So the way I want you to start thinking is all of the decisions that your clients are making and the actions they're taking is 100% based on a feeling that they're having. And where do their feelings come from? It comes from their thoughts. Now, when we talk about sales, this is a really common conversation. We know that clients or prospects take the action to buy based on a feeling most clients have objections or prospects have objections because they don't have the feeling of certainty. And so it's to the benefit of the salesperson to help create the feeling of certainty in the prospect, because if the certainty isn't there at the level that the client wants to feel it, that's when you're going to hear the objections. Now, what we forget is that the game doesn't end there. In fact, the game has barely just begun. You have to rebuild trust and certainty, and love, and respect, and compassion, and expansion, and transformation, and excitement all over again once that prospect enters into your program. So we say yes to things based on how we feel. We stay in a program or leave a program based on how we feel. Our action comes from how we feel. How do you want your clients to feel? And really think about that. The client has signed the contract. Their money has gone through. Payment has been made. They feel a certain way in that moment. They're going to keep feeling feelings as they go through your program. And those feelings are going to change perhaps on a daily, weekly, monthly basis based on the phase that they're in. I'm going to get to what those eight phases are in a second. You're going to learn about those. So you want to be thinking beyond just making the sale and still ask your question, how do I want my clients to feel based on the stage they're at in the overall client experience? How do you want your clients to feel at each one of those stages? I want to share some statistics with you. The chances of converting an existing client are 60 to 70%. The probability of converting a potential client. So this is someone who is not yet a client, they are not yet in your ecosystem, have never paid you, is much lower at 5 to 20%. And that resource that I got found this information from comes from textedly. A second statistics I want to share with you is American companies lose $83 billion every year because of bad client retention strategies. That statistic comes from the resource Nil Patel. And then the third statistic, there's lots, but I picked a few just so it gets you really thinking about the power of client experience and client retention to your company, the longevity and sustainability of your company. Loyal clients spend 67% more than new clients. The payoff of taking care of your existing clients who have already demonstrated their loyalty is bigger than that of acquiring new ones. Spending grows proportionally with trust. And the resource there is six ads. Did you know that your clients are deciding between day zero and 90 of joining your program if they are going to stay or exit? And that looks different for different clients. Some clients are just going to slowly stop engaging and showing up. And you're wondering if they fell off the face of the earth. Others, they're going to consume the whole program. They're going to show up when they want and when they can. They're they're even going to get results in your program. You're going to think all the results they got came from your program. They are not necessarily going to think that, though. But in their mind, they've decided they're not going to renew when it comes time for them to renew. And there's not a whole lot. I mean, you can save it, but it's pretty hard to do that. And there's three things, three like overarching uh, categories where your clients are making this decision from if they're going to stay in your ecosystem or if they're going to bounce. And it's not just results. So oftentimes I will see business owners be very surprised when clients who got great results don't renew. The reason for that is because results is not the only reason why clients renew. Of course. Clients are typically not going to renew or stay in your ecosystem if they're not getting some kind of result. But the second thing is satisfaction. Were they satisfied in your program? If you were going to ask them on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate your satisfaction level of the program? We want to see nines and tens. If we're seeing less than nines and tens, you can get by with an eight, but you can get by. If I mean, truly, if you see less than an eight, those clients more than likely are really on the fence about renewing and staying in your ecosystem or they've already decided they're not going to. They're too dissatisfied. They, they want to feel a level 10. And then the third is experience. And experience, this is where connection with all the other people in the program comes into play. Um, experience is also about their sense of belonging the ease of accessibility of the program, the ease of use of the program, or did things just feel like super disjointed in the program? So I want to share with you some real hard data, uh, not in the form of numbers, that I have heard through interviewing my clients' clients, whether they are current clients or past clients. Now, I have, I'm have i helping people who are business coaches all the way to mindset coaches and everything in between. And I'm pretty much hearing the same things from my clients' clients, whether I'm interviewing them or my clients can provide me with that information because they've already collected that feedback. But I want you to look at this. Well, I'm looking at some notes here. You're not, so you can't see it, right? So I'll tell you, I'm gonna share with you what clients are saying about their level of satisfaction and experience in the program. I'm gonna give you a list of pros and a list of cons. Here's a list of pros. And these are people who stay in the program and also people who are not staying in the program. Or people who've already left, they're still saying these things. They love the main leader and business owner. They love the team they have access to. They love the leader style of coaching or teaching or leading. They love the in-person events and retreats. And they love the extra one-on-one support they get when they have a problem or want help putting out a fire. Those are all the things they love. And what I really want you to take away from that is it's never usually personal, When people leave a program, they love the main coach. They love the person that they hired. I have never heard someone say I didn't like the person. These are all the cons. And I'm hearing this about all different kinds of group programs and masterminds. Clients do not like reactive coaching versus proactive guidance. They say there's a lack of call and program structure. That's the number one that I hear no follow-up on accountability components, poor onboarding process. They do not enjoy being in a program Facebook group if there is a lack of connection and there's not a lot of energy going on in there. They don't really enjoy heavy, like module-heavy, video-heavy membership portals. In fact, most people tell me they've never even looked at it. Um, They don't like it when there's not enough actionable instruction in the program, meaning Tell me what to do next so I can get the result and this is easier. And a lot of people say, even if they're staying in the program, they don't think that they are getting the most out of the program. So next, I want to share with you the top three mistakes that we see around client retention. Number one, no retention strategy. Number two, dwelling on what you delivered to clients in the past versus what is coming in the future. And number three, treating all clients the same. So I'm going to break down each one of these and show you the solution for each one. So mistake number one, we want to go from no retention strategy to creating a retention strategy. There are eight phases in this process. And clients, the thing you want to remember here is clients have to be guided through each phase or they're going to get stuck in a phase. So I'm going to quickly go through each one of these phases. Phase one is the assess phase. This is happening at the level of marketing. This is when potential clients are assessing their options prior to making a final buying decision. Phase two is the admit phase. This is like the transition from marketing and sales. They're they're deciding to join the program they're buying. Potential clients admit they have a problem. They believe you can solve it. And they decide to buy. That's really where the marketing and the sales part of these eight phases ends. It ends after phase two. The rest of the six phases are all about the client experience once they've decided to join your program. Phase three is the affirm phase. This is when your clients within 24 to 48 hours, sometimes it takes a little bit longer, maybe it takes like a week or two, they have buyer's remorse. They feel feelings of doubt, fear, and uncertainty, and it happens to almost every single human being. The fourth phase is the activate phase. We are fully in delivery now. We're delivering to the client completely at the activate phase. This is your first major post-sale interaction. This is really the start of the service that you just sold this new client. It might look like the initial kickoff meeting. Uh, It's the first impression your clients have of you that you're providing them. And you are starting to rebuild trust all over again. So you had to build a a certain kind of trust at the marketing and sales phase. You are completely starting over from scratch, building trust all over again, because now they're a client. They weren't a client before they decided to buy. So you've got to build trust all over again. The fifth phase your client is going to experience is the acclimate phase. And remember, you're leading your clients through these phases or they get stuck. The acclimate phase, this is when the client is learning about your way of doing business. You're getting them bought into your approach. So obviously your clients have joined your program. They've decided to work with you because they believe you have the solution that's gonna help them solve their problem and bridge the gap between where they are today and where they're going. But you have a certain way that you are, asking people to do that right if you're a mindset coach you have a certain philosophy you have a certain style you have a certain approach or you know sequence of steps or phases that you are walking your clients through they have to go through each one then you get the result it's the same if you are a launch coach a sales coach you approach sales in a certain way if you're a marketing coach are you teaching an organic strategy are you teaching a cold outbound messaging strategy are you teaching a close in the DM strategy? Are you te- teaching a discovery session strategy? You know, what everybody's teaching a bit of a different strategy. So, this is where you are really teaching them about that process. This another way of saying this is this is where they're getting access to like the full roadmap of your program. Uh, phase six is the accomplished phase. This is when clients achieve the results they wanted. Now, this may mean that they're achieving their first goal they have in your program. Maybe there's a first 30-day goal or a 60-day goal or a 90-day goal. This isn't necessarily reaching the ultimate outcome. You know, for instance, if your program is a 12-month-long program, this isn't necessarily they're not getting to this phase until the end of the 12 months, although it could take some clients that long to get there. So not all clients are going to get to each one of these phases, on the same exact timeline as each other. Phase seven is the adopt phase. This is where the client takes ownership of deepening the relationship with you and shows support for your brand. Now I wanna point this out, that your client doesn't take ownership of deepening the relationship with you, your brand and your team and your programs and your ecosystem until phase seven. You gotta get them all the way there before that starts happening. And then the final phase is the advocate phase. This is when the client becomes a raving fan, a promoter of your programs, they become a referral engine, and we would term this the ultimate client. Okay, the second mistake that we want to cover is going from dwelling on the past to innovating, improving, and iterating the future. So clients do not renew, re-enroll, or reactivate into your programs based on the value you delivered in the past. Clients renew based on new opportunities you are providing in the future, which means, again, you want to constantly be innovating inside of your program, creating new ways of providing value. Iterating just means really exactly what I said. You're evaluating what's working, what's not working. You're listening to your clients. You're collecting the data you're having conversations with your team about your successful clients versus your not as successful clients. You're looking at where you can increase the value that you're providing. So your program is constantly evolving. A really good rule of thumb is to create something that's updating your program. It doesn't have to be a lot of things. It could just be one thing. About every 90 days, you're putting something in place and it's not necessarily new content that you're teaching. It could be a new system that allows your clients to access The content in your program more easily. That's an example of one. So what I want to talk about with this mistake, when we're talking about innovating, improving, and iterating into the future, I chose to talk about the onboarding process here because this is actually the process that I see missing from most people's group programs when I go in and do consulting. And this is an area where I spend a whole lot of time working with my clients on improving, So there are a lot of ways to improve and iterate the future. I would say, hands down, the number one I see that has the most possibility and potentiality in the programs that I consult in, it's the onboarding process. So what I want to share with you are seven key, let's see, what I want to call these components that you want to be walking your clients through just in the onboarding process. Okay, so you could do this. You're all doing this through the way in which you're communicating to them. There's different mechanisms of communication. It could be through email, text message, conversations, group calls or a combination of any of that. It could also be done in person if you've got live events, but it's a combo of that. And this is all happening Depending on how long your program is, if you, if you have a six-week program, this is happening in week one. If you have a three-month program, this is probably happening over the course of a couple of weeks. If you've got a six to a 12-month program, this could be happening over a course of weeks, maybe even a full month, possibly even a little bit more than a month. So the first kind of communication that you want to deliver as soon as someone purchases, um, the component here is trust. You're focusing on trust. This is you delivering the value you promised at the point of the sale. This could be a simple welcome email that is reiterating a lot of what your sales page said or what your marketing message said. And then you're giving them access to all the things you just told them you're going to give them access to, right? That's pretty standard. Most people have that, but then it it ends there. The second focal point in your communication, so this would be like step two in the onboarding process and the communication process with your new clients is team. What you're doing here is you are introducing the team behind the program, specifically who interfaces with clients. If you're the only one, it's an email about you. If there are multiple team members, it's an email introducing all of your clients to the people who they're going to be interacting with. Communication focal point number three is objection. So what you want to do is identify the number one reason clients quit Or disengage quickly in your program. And you want to tell the story of why there should be a highly engaged client. So you're really helping them buy back into the program and the process and the results and the outcome that they want. The fourth communication and focal point in that communication is around misconceptions. What do your clients need to believe to be successful with what you deliver? What do they need to believe? What you can do here is identify some of the most common misconceptions that your clients have about themselves, about you, your program, your process, your approach, what's possible. And look at what those misconceptions are that are leading to your clients being frustrated. Communication number five, we want to help them create a win. So again, this is all happening relatively quickly inside your program, but you'll be able to design your communication after this. Communication number five focal point is when. What is the single fastest way to experience a benefit in your program? You want to tell your clients what that is. And then you also want to tell them what the outcome of implementing that benefit is. Communication number six is all about simplify. Make the result your client wants look attainable and aspirational. Create a roadmap to deliver the outcome. And then finally, communication number seven is proof. This is where you introduce your new clients to your most successful clients. So they feel a sense of belonging, they feel a sense of connection and a sense of what's possible and probable for them. And then finally, our third mistake is we wanna go from treating all of our clients the same to treating our clients based on member segments. And there are five member segments in every single person's client base those include lifers, haters, positive, negative, and oblivious or indifferent. About 30% of your clients are lifers. These are the people you want to keep and they're probably going to stay no matter what. 20% of your client base has a positive experience, but they could sort of be on the fence about whether what they're going to do next. But they're still like in that top 50%. 20% of your clients may have a negative experience. 20% may have, may be oblivious, totally oblivious, or completely indifferent. Maybe they're not showing up to anything. And then 10% of your clients are going to be haters, right? These are the people like you just want to get rid of them. You want to fire the clients, not renew them, tell them to go somewhere else, not worry about it. The ones in the middle, so it's the 60% in the middle, the negative, the oblivious, or indifferent, and the positive, those are the ones that you want to be moving into uh, lifers and to renew them. And then quick recap here. Client experience is now the number one, and I actually think it's the last way that we have to differentiate ourselves, our programs, and our brands. Plus, it's actually more profitable than constantly just focusing on client acquisition. Today, we've covered creating a client retention strategy, improving, innovating, and iterating the future versus trying to resell your clients on the past value you've given them. And then you want to make sure you're treating clients based on the member segment that they are in. And you absolutely want to have a way to identify that. So if this resonates with you, if you found any value from today's episode, leave us a review and let us know. And if you would like to discuss further about how we could bring this body of work on client experience and client retention into your business, your body of work, and your programs, Or if you are looking to bring me in and speak to your clients or speak at your next event, free or paid, I'm willing to do both. Either one, Um, send me a message. You can reach me on Facebook. You can reach me on Instagram. You can see all that in the show notes. Send me a private message. Let me know that you heard this episode. And I would love to get to know more about you and your business. Until our next episode, remember, design a business and life that is built to last. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.